guys ever seen uh, Sons of Anarchy, the end of season two, when they take Jax's son, and they're playing this uh, different version of that song, and then he screams, he goes, that's my son! And then Ron Perlman and everybody else rolls up on him. One of the best um, single moment acting scenes I think uh, um, I can I could say that uh, I've ever witnessed. Good morning, good morning. Tomorrow, tomorrow is only a day away. These quarantine days are sort of uh, they blend, right? Sometimes I'm I'm super pumped. And I'm very creative. I'm doing this and doing that. Other days, I'm just sitting there waiting to go to bed. <laughs> but I hope this Monday morning finds you guys well. It's about uh, 4 in the morning. I'm over here at the house. Uh, once again, casting from the living room because uh, everyone's still home from their vacation or their quarantine. <sighs> Hot coffee. So I posted this video. Uh, it was a stupid sketch with me doing some news updates. In the last scene, there's a woman yelling in a Starbucks. I, I don't know if you guys could tell what it was, but it's on my podcast page. It's like the weekend update or this morning's evening news or something like that. And there's a lady at the last scene yeah, that's going on behind me. And what she does is she goes to a Starbucks. She's yelling about something. She drops trowel. Takes big dukes in the middle of the lobby and then starts to hurl it at the Starbucks employees. Now, granted, this is an extreme situation. However, I must say, isn't that a perfect analogy for anyone that's worked as a barista, as a server? People just come in and hurl their shit at you. <laughs> isn't that what people do? Like, I know you had a bad day. Please don't throw your shit all over me. Right, and that's an, obviously an extreme circumstance. I'm sure that lady had a mental disorder or was high on drugs or something like that. But my point stands: stop throwing your shit at people. It's so crazy because I'm I'm very immersed in the Starbucks world. I know a lot of people that work there and managers down the food chain, stuff like that. And it's just the the stories they tell me they're hilarious, but at the same point they make me so angry that people during a time like this. When they have the luxury of going to Starbucks for their midday, whatever they, wherever they want, they get so upset that the lines are long, the amount of service they're getting, whatever the case is, it's a luxury for things to be open. We're not on complete lockdown. Yeah, it's gonna be, a, it's gonna be rough. I'm not gonna lie to you. I've almost murdered everybody in my household. But it's gonna, it just takes adapting, right? We're gonna have to get used to something. They say 30 days, and you get used to it. So hopefully, it's that sort of situation where we adapt. And we keep pushing forward, guys. That's the last thing I'll say about this uh, quarantine thing. I know it's getting old. I'm personally sick of hearing it. I hate turning on the radio and hearing about it, obviously. And you know what's crazy, too, is the things to do haven't changed. Avoid big crowds. Wash your fucking hands. And people are surprised when they start shutting this down. Like, America is so nice to us. Hey, can you guys not go to parks? We appreciate that. And then finally now it's, okay, everything's closed. You can't do you, in other countries like China, they just lock that shit down. You know, if you got it, you're not coming out of your fucking house. There's no going to food, nothing. Whatever you got in your fridge is what you're going to eat. There's no preparation time, and people are still freaking. It just drives me fucking crazy. But anyway, that's the last thing I'll say about that. Just uh, be safe, guys, out there. 
um, what was I going with this? Anyway, uh, so Netflix, I can't wait for the new season of The Last Kingdom. Please tell me some of you guys are on board with this. The Last Kingdom is a, it's probably my favorite show right now. Vikings is still out there with their, their last season. I'm hoping it's going to finally pull together because the last few seasons have been really, really rough to watch. But I'm a loyal fan because I started from the beginning to following them now. Last half of the season, let's see what happens there. But The Last Kingdom, is it's, it's hot right now. Just watch the first episode, guys. If you watch the first episode of season one of The Last Kingdom, and you give it from the beginning to the end of the episode, and you don't like something in it, then move on. But the scene with the Danes taking over a British town and sort of how they they handle things, I think it's the best portrayal as far as um, what I'm reading about online and stuff like that to, from other researchers and historical, like how they would take take care of places, take over places rather. So it's really interesting. I like the characters a lot, and I think it just gets better as it goes. There's definitely times where it dips down, but as a whole, it's been pretty solid and uh, and you know put out some amazing content, which I'm super excited is coming. I think April 22nd is the date. Yeah, people were like, oh man, you're going to mess up. My birthday is April 7th. Aries, a, a more of a sun moon, or I'm, I'm not too sure what that means. A fire sign, that's what I am. Fire sign Aries. Uh, so a lot of people were telling me, oh man, this is going to suck because you're not going to have a birthday. I'm, I'm turning 33 years old. You know, birthdays have, have had their run. <laughs> and if you say birthday month, I fucking hate you. <laughs> not really. <laughs> Jesus Christ, what are we, 15? It's my birthday week. No, you get one day. And on that day, everyone has to do what you want to do. And if your friends say, no, we don't want to do that, then those friends are pieces of shit. Because you got to suck it up and do whatever your friend wants you to do on your birthday. And make the most, most out of it. You know, if your friend wants to go fucking karaoke, you sit up and you sing like Tina Turner. You know what I'm saying? Or square dance. I've done it all. I made an ass of myself, um, not just because it was someone's birthday, <laughs> but definitely volunteered to do so. Uh, what else is going on? Oh, friends. Oh, I have this really cool story about this goat. Before I forget, I'm just going to say it out loud. It's uh, it's about some dumpster diving, some old school stuff. But let me stay on the topic of the birthday stuff. So for, for friends, it's really weird because obviously I'm trying to be creative. You know, I make content or whatever the case is. I'll, I'll you know, have little writing sessions with people online or anything I can do to reach out and, and you know, touch base with people and try to get them to help me or, you know, uh, that sounds kind of selfish, but you know what I mean? Like get their intake on certain, um, their input on certain things or bounce ideas off of them, stuff like that. Cause that helps me. I think when I podcast or I leave little questions for people on my social media, I did one with, uh, what's something that drives you crazy about your significant other. And what I was hoping to get with that was just ideas for this bit I'm writing about, about couples and what sets the other ones off. And so far, what I have, I, I, I'm not done with the bit, but the main points I'm going to kind of go back to is, one, that women just want us to know, as men, to know what they're thinking. Right? Yeah, if guys just knew exactly what they wanted, you know, they're quiet, but we should know that things would be a lot easier. The problem is, women don't know what they want. So I got to figure out how to put that into a joke. And, uh, and and bring that back. I think that's like the number one thing, right? That I that most people or response wise I got was, oh, he just doesn't think this or that. And that I think that's hilarious. So I could run with that. 
So I get a lot of material from bits because I like to base it off facts and the people that I hang out with. You know, because the people I hang out with, I think, are, you know, similar minds are the demographic I'm trying to reach, you know. So that's that's kind of what I'm going for. And uh, with that, I ask people, you know, come by or give me this input. And, and it's just crazy how many people are unwilling to help you. <laughs> and I'm, I understand it, it's stupid to them. It's not a big deal. But to me, it's just sort of an outlet I have. And it's crazy, too, because like, when I first stopped partying, all, a lot of my friends were... Oh, you know, we'll go do this together. We'll go do that together. And for months, I didn't see anybody because I couldn't go around parties and stuff like that. Luckily, now I'm in a place where it's not so much about me and what I have to do. I need this. I need that. You know, it's not like that. The first month or two, it is like that, right? Because my whole world has basically shifted and I'm trying to figure out how to, where I, where I can play a role in. And now it's, you know, I can go out with friends. Luckily, no one's going out anywhere, but, <laughs> you know, I can have conversations with people. Hang out, uh, talk on podcasts, stuff like that without being fucked up, which is, it's relatively new to me, to be honest, which is embarrassing, but it's true. So, and uh, when I first went to this uh, program or started talking like a therapist and stuff like that to try to figure out all my little childhood hangups to stop griping and feeling sorry for myself and stuff like that, they, a lot of the... People say, oh, you got to shed your skin and get rid of your old friends and old friends and stuff like that. And I'm like, nah, these, these people, I guess, you know, growing up without a family, I always latched on to friends, right? And it would be, oh, this is like a brother to me. And we had that, that brotherhood bonding, you know, and I've had friends steal from me and I didn't believe that they did. And it was blatantly obvious. I've had people lie to me. I've had people borrow money and not pay back. Just different stuff like that, and I just turn it to words like, oh, well, you know, if they could, they probably would. And I always find a way to to shift it to where it's not their fault, it's something else. But I think I'm at an age now, and I'm not too sure if for you guys that are older, school me up on this, but I'm thinking I'm at an age now where it's kind of like shit or get off the pot, right? You're in your 30s, your mid-30s, and either you're going to keep doing what you've been doing, Right, and I know Daniel was talking about that on the recovery podcast, or you're gonna move on. I think everyone's at a critical point, and it sucks because I know some people, you know, in, in no matter how hard you push them, and you're, hey man, let's do this together, let's try that, and they're just not interested in growing. And it fucking sucks, and it makes me so sad because I'm like, dude, I know this guy, and I, it doesn't mean you have to turn your back on people, it's just kind of the thing where some people don't want help, and I guess it's a lot, um. I guess I'm throwing a lot of loaded shit out there right now. This is just stuff that's on my mind on a Monday morning at 4 a.m. <laughs> anyway, uh, so I had this story. I also want to work into a bit. I just have to figure out what the funny points are. But just just a story is when I was a little kid, I was probably like third, fourth grade. No, I was older than that. I don't know. I was I was really probably uh, God. I want to maybe say like sixth grade, like 12, 10, 12, something like that. I, I would spend my summers in Lincoln Heights with my grandfather and my uh, rest of my school year with my grandmother in Arcadia. And I always liked Lincoln Heights because it was the middle of downtown L.A. We did a lot more stuff over there. Arcadia was more just walk everywhere, and Lincoln Heights was like, oh, we're going to drive here, we're going to drive there. So we'd go to parks, different um, – the L.A. River, Frogtown, all that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, there's little mountains out there and just different trails and stuff like that. It was a lot of fun. And at the house, we called it the yard. It was basically a big yard, probably like almost a football field, I'll say. 
Uh, a little smaller than that. Let's go to like 80-yard line without the touchdown zone. <laughs> Minus those 15 yards as well. And there was an RV on the property, and that's where my grandfather would stay, and I would stay in the RV with him. And outside of that, uh, to the side, there was another house, big house, two-story house. And they would rent us the yard so that we can keep the RV there. And my grandfather would get goats, chickens, geese, uh, what was it, well, roosters, obviously, not obviously, but, you know, <laughs> uh, rabbits. We had tons of rabbits. Uh, so it was pretty cool because being from a city, we had access to farm animals. And I was all about animals. So we would, you know, I'd ride the goats around the yard and pull up <laughs> like a like a shitty knight in shining armor kind of thing. <laughs> and I, I, I had a mullet when I was a kid. I had a mullet. I wore moon boots. Moon boots are pretty much like Uggs without the, the leather exterior looking. It was more of like snowboarding pants material. And they almost went to your knees. So really big boots. I'd wear jean shorts or jorts, if you will. <laughs> and I never wore a shirt. So I had a little uh, a mullet. and dirt all over my face. Everyone said I looked like Joe Dirt. And I really did. I'll post a picture about it later. <laughs> but So I used to play with all the animals. And when the ca- the goats would give birth, I'd be right there pulling the babies out. And, you know, I would separate the chickens from the, the roosters and collect the eggs in the mornings. And if the roosters, there was a little banning rooster named Buster and a big rooster that, that would go at it. And I'd have to separate them and that sort of thing. And clean the rabbit cages in the morning. It was a cool routine I had. And my grandpa, to feed the goats, we would go to supermarkets, like surplus stores and like, say, a Walmart, for example, or something like that. And we go to, like, on Tiger King. You know how he goes to Tiger King and he goes through all the, the <laughs> like, it's the expired meat and stuff like that? We would do that for produce, for the vets, for the goats, because they throw out all that stuff every day, which is insane. So we'd go over there and we'd start collecting food or whatever was going bad, and we'd put it in a bin. And then, you know, like the first time we went, this guy came up, and we gave him uh, different bread and, and greens and stuff like that. And then by, you know... A year later, when we'd go to the dumpster, because it had this weird rail block. It wasn't where you couldn't completely open, but you could fit uh, me in there, pretty much. So I would lay on my stomach, I would slide in, i have a little flashlight, and I'd go through and pass stuff out. And by this time, my grandfather would have everybody in line, like, Hey, Manuel, get inside. <laughs> it's not like biceps. <laughs> and he'd be talking to them in Spanish, and, you know, oh, they need bread. Get the bread. I'm like, okay, so go to the bread. I'd get the good parts first, the parts that didn't have any green or anything like that, tear them off or whatever, pass them through the slot. My grandpa would give them out. And I was just like, man, these fuckers, they all have goats. It's crazy. It's a little goat community. But, you know, come to find out later that they were just really poor. And I was, I don't know why. I was walking and I was thinking about this. It's crazy how, you know, it's, it's we accept what we see sort of thing. And I didn't realize how fucking, it, yeah, it's crazy that, I was dumpster diving, <laughs> you know, it was a game to me, but I was fucking in the middle of a dumpster going through all this stuff with the line full of, you know, 20 people outside of the dumpster. And, you know, I'm sure before me, there was another kid that did it or something like that, but everyone just knew that was a place to go. And a lot of the fruits and stuff like that, like I remember, um, I tossed my grandpa a grapefruit and he started peeling and eating it as I was sitting there and handing out this stuff. But it was just sort of our... Our routine, it sucks how poor these people were that they had to feed their families and they were just like, yo, like, hook it up. And, you know, it's just the resourcefulness of that. And then now, like, seeing people just bitch about their lattes not being fucking dashed with three pumps of vanilla syrup instead of two or whatever the fucking case is. <laughs> you know, it's just like, yeah, we got to be grateful for what we have. Like, fuck. And this is, I'm talking about myself. 
Man, some days I, I bitch about this kind of stuff, but it's really not that big of a deal, you know? Mmm. Okay, no? Oh, all these challenges are fucking hilarious. Uh, they're not really hilarious, but, you know what I mean? It's fun to to relay to people. And I remember when they first started, people would challenge them. I was like, fucking lame. I don't want to do this shit. And then someone tagged me. I was like, ooh. <laughs> so I think... A big part of the hating on it is being excluded from it. <laughs> Once I was in the inner circle, I was I was all go. Someone asked me my favorite movie, uh, which is super hard for me. But I my answers were Fury, Last of the Mohicans, uh, Legends of the Fall, uh, Patriot. Fuck, what was the other one? Uh, I don't know. I think it's a Gladiator or something like that. But the point I'm trying to make is uh, you have to go by categories, right, for favorite movies of all time. I hit my buddy uh, Steve uh, Mayorga, film junkie, what up, dog? I hit him up because I wanted him to come on the podcast and then talk to him about movies because I think now is a crucial time that everyone's watching a lot of TV. So we could try to throw some critics out there. Or not critics because critics are fucking idiots. A critic, if you think about it, say, you know, we're, we're doing our thing and fucking uh, – Josh and Cece work for LA Times. And I go up to him, I'm like, yo, say you like my movie, here's five grand. What's to stop them from being like, oh, yeah, yeah I did like that movie. That's all, you, it's, it's your personal opinion, right? It's not like a consensus of thousands of people and here's, it's one person's opinion. So that person can be swayed. That's why when you see movies, oh, if you guys see Netflix, The Dirt, I love that movie. It's based off Motley Crue. And sort of them forming the band and, and then rising to stardom, the, the trouble they went through. and It's fucking sad. They're like Kids die, diseases happen, friends die. It's a really good movie if you guys haven't watched it. If, you, if you're drinking a brew and you want to watch something to kind of get you like, woo, like watch that movie. It's really cool. And it's pretty accurate from what I understand. There's little things here and there, but I saw um, the band talking about it versus them. And the critics shit all over that movie. I think it had like a like a 20% approval rating. And then if you go to the fans, it was like a 96 to 98% approval rating. Which means, you know, people love the movie and these fucking paid off critics. They didn't pay anyone because they're, you know, working with Netflix, which is a small, not a small production, but it's a smaller production and kind of more isolated. So, yeah, it's always good to go off the fan base. But, you know, I, I don't know. It's just something I was thinking about. But, yeah, check out The Dirt on Netflix. The Last Kingdom... Those are my recommendations, I think, for right now. Yeah, I would say those two. I've also been watching tons of podcasts. There's a, a podcast. My voice is cracking. I just woke up, so I apologize for my demeanor and or flemminess. The uh, Whitney Cummings podcast, uh, Good For You podcast, there's an episode with her and Bobby Lee, which is a newer one. And they're talking about auditioning and stuff like that. I thought that was really interesting. And obviously they're talking about addiction and recovery, which I didn't know that she was in the program, that sort of stuff. So it was cool for me to kind of bounce, you know, see them bouncing off of each other and talking about those kind of topics that I talked about a lot. So I like that one. What a, oh, and then uh, a lot of comedians like Andrew Schultz, he's doing this Corona's Got Talent, which he goes live on Instagram. And they do a Corona's Got Talent where they connect with fans. So you could request to be in the video do your talent. If they like you, you get a prize. That's super entertaining. I want to say it's every day at noon. But if you go on Andrew Schultz's page, 
uh, he'll have the updated format for what he's going to do. But it's really interesting. Well, I don't know about interesting, but, <laughs> but there's like strippers. One girl fell off the pole and whacked her, whacked her, uh, or fell in the closet rather. And you know, some people do flips and get hurt. A lot of people sing. Some people do comedy. It's it's good stuff. One time, those stripper poles that extend and you can put them in your living room, those are not safe. My first experience with those <laughs> is we were at my buddy Matt Marker's wedding, and my buddy Jordan Houston and me were sitting by the pole. So we get, after the whole wedding, we get back, and I'm all drunk. So I jump on the pole, and I go to swing, and the pole rips off, and it just falls. Everyone's laughing at me because I fell hard. And then I look at my buddy Jordan to the side of me, and he's kind of shaking like stunned. And he's got this big line through his head because the pole, <laughs> I pulled it off the, the the stance it was at, and it just smacked him in the head. <laughs> it took it like a champ, though. <laughs> it just kind of shook. Oh, I love that guy. Jordan's a good dude. He visited me in the hospital and stuff like that, too. So got to keep your eye out for those guys that, that come by, the little sleepers that you sleep on sometimes, and they pop up, and they're always good friends, you know. But just wanted to say... My piece for the week, if you guys get bored, feel free to call me, hit me up, I'm always around, obviously I think everybody is, <laughs> or any sketch ideas, anything like that, give me a call, I'd love to collaborate with people. If you go on my Instagram right now, I'm doing this uh, Ask Tom Hanks thing where I'm going to splice in comments from Tom Hanks if you ask me a question in selfie mode, like if you videotape yourself and say, hey, Mr. Hanks, da 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 they'll answer it with a clip. So hopefully more people participate in that. We got a good turnout last time. Uh, other than that, guys, stay safe, stay alert, and just do what they ask us, all right? Much love. Take care, guys.